0: Welcome to another episode at the Be Guided and Be Great podcast, where being intuitive is understood and being sensitive is a good thing. I'm your host, Kate St. Clair. And of course, we're still in quarantine. So I have to give a disclaimer that kids are around, dogs are around, neighbors are around. (laughs) So there could be all kinds of background noise and I'm not, uh, I'm going to apologize up front for that. Okay. Um... I feel like there's a lot I want to talk to you about this time. Um, And the thing about a podcast is that I would like to keep it really tight because I am a storyteller, so I can go down all kinds of different rabbit holes. Um, But one of the things I wanted to tell you about before we get to our actual podcast today, and the subject of our today's podcast is called I'm Freaking Out, How to Manage Cell Memory as We Get Older. And... um, I just want to touch on cell memory really quick so that you continue listening to this. (laughs) You don't say, I don't know what that is. So click, you know, um, cell memory is our soul's memory that we collect from one lifetime to another. And when we, um, when we come into our bodies, this earthly body, that soul memory downloads into the cells of this, this physical body. So, um, the memory of how we were killed in past lives, tragically or otherwise, the memory of um, how we died, maybe, um, maybe just like, by natural causes, um, you know, through natural causes or through a tragedy, or, um, you know, these are the things like, um, I hate things around my neck, I, there's a lot of beautiful, beautiful necklaces I'd wanted to wear over my lifetime. And I'd put them on and I'd take them off as soon as I could. I remember when I was four or five, I must've been five cause I was in kindergarten. I grew up in Montana. It was a very, very, very snowy day. I think everybody was, I feel like the energy was, everybody was surprised. We still had school, even though this was Montana everybody could handle a ton of snow, but this particular day was different. And my mom put a white turtleneck under my t-shirt and I, I remember feeling like I was going to die all day long. <laughs> I felt fat. And I know a lot of old souls know what I'm talking about, where there's this like weird extra layer. And um, it, we personalize that in a funny uh, way. Like if I have my son wear a T-shirt under his T-shirt, if I have my son wear a turtleneck under his T-shirt, he will say the same thing. Like I feel fat. I feel like it's choking me turtlenecks, jewelry. Um, let's see, you know, like if we have a lot of neck problems, that could be like we were hung in past lives, which if you think about it, that was sort of the normal way of um, law and not too long ago on this earth, right? So there were ways that we were harmed that was just because somebody accused you of breaking the law you know so many things were done to you I won't get into the details you guys know exactly what I'm talking about here but that can manifest today where you don't like turtlenecks you can't wear scarves you can't wear um, jewelry that you love I watched this um, I think it was like a 2020 probably 10 years ago but it's stuck with me because there was um, the show was about amputees so we're talking about people that have healthy bodies healthy legs and they want to remove their leg or there was one one woman in that um show where she wanted to be blind so she did she actually managed to make herself blind I thankfully forgot the way she did it but um so she tried to blind herself and she succeeded there was a person that locked himself in the car and try to take off half of his leg. I'm not trying to gross you out or anything, but I'm just saying that there there are um why people do really crazy ass things like that is because of cell memory. So when I was asking my guides and having a talk with them when I was watching the show, let's just say you were a military person and you did get your leg blown off or half your leg blown off, but you came home to a loving family and maybe you were celebrated, maybe you were cared for. So let's just say that turned out to be a very positive experience for you. You know, you lost your leg, but the rest of your life was very positive and loving. And let's just say you come into a new lifetime and your family is not so loving and you've got both legs, but you cannot figure out why there's no connection in your family, There's your, it's it's unsafe, you know, and on and on. But So the soul is remembering a time when it was happy. And so there's this like subconscious feeling that, oh, if I only lost my leg, people would be nice to me. Or if I was blind, I'd feel that love that I felt in a past life. Obviously, people don't think of it that way, but that is what's going on. Since we're here, let's just continue with the podcast that um, I have prepared here for you. And as always, the transcript and this podcast is on my website at com, And it's uh, in the blog section. And you can, again, look at the transcript. Um, you can look at the tips and you can listen to this podcast on that too. Although you probably don't need to since you're listening to me already. All right. So when it comes to cell memory, so I panicked a lot when I was a child. After around age four, I worried and was anxious, honestly and truthfully, until I learned how my intuition worked, which was, I, I mean, I'd studied it, I'd read the books my whole life. I read different spiritual practices and try to find myself within the context of that. But it really wasn't until I was about 27 years old and I got an actual mentor, a psychic medium mentor, um, that, that put me in real time situations. So I actually learned how my intuition worked. And it was the learning how to label energy and understanding intellectually, you know, understanding it with my brain where and how thoughts and feelings of others were coming from, I mean, that they were coming into my own, um, they were coming into my own energy. And so once I understood that that was actually happening and how it happened, I was finally able to change my entire life. So I was the typical sensitive and I'm sure that many of you can relate to this where um you know it was the, if I wanted to go to a show or concert or the theater um movies not so horrible cuz the lights are out but um any time where there was a lot of people you you know you feel like you'd be fine you book the you book the you know you book the experience you're excited about it and then you get into the little tiny seat and then everybody sits around you and they're all up in your aura and, you know, you just start reading and downloading and you kind of leave your body and then you start to panic. And it's, that was kind of my constant reality before I understood how my intuition worked and how I wasn't able to, um, formally block information or get myself to stop reading somebody that I had no business looking at. (laughs) <laughs> and looking at the story that they were telling me in their energy, you know, that, that's what we deal with when we're psychic mediums and we go out in public. Sometimes we get a good hard look at somebody. We just really, really regret that we did that. And the truth is we feel like we have no control over that. We, we don't even know we're doing it. So, um, but anyway, I, I figured out my intuition and I was, you know, better skilled at, um, staying calm and not getting to that crescendo of panic after I understood my intuition. But like a couple months before my 40th birthday, um, the panic slipped back in. So my husband and I would take our kids to Shields one night and they just put in that um, Ferris wheel inside the building and my nine-year-old son was excited, you know, mama, will you take me? And so I got on the Ferris wheel with my son and then it stopped at the top and I totally began to panic and images of it staying at the top with us locked in kept you know spinning through my mind and the thought of being trapped, and my face was getting red, and I was feeling that terror and that paralysis and I imagined that I'd pass out, and my family would watch my body drop fifty feet to the ground, and you know <laughs> this is what my brain was doing in the matter of seconds, so the miracle is that my little boy. He calmly said, Mama, tell me about your day when we're at school. He kind of knows about my day um, because he he asks me how was my day, and I tell him. But he's so smart, and he's so empathetic. He just knew he needed me to start telling stories and talking about um, normal life things. He focused me, and he changed the subject into something he knew I'd love to talk to him about. You know life and normal life and so when i began to talk the panic subsided and the wheel thank god began to move and i realized i wasn't going to be trapped not that that not that day and not in this lifetime so not long after that experience um i was driving down to denver and you know i had the music on i was happy i was totally content And the traffic started to slow down, and I felt the terror of panic fill my body again. And images of being trapped and not being able to get home to my children, that was the response to just stopping in traffic for a minute. (laughs) But, you know, it's just like all this doom and gloom images and and, uh, feeling helpless, and that's what was happening just because the car stopped in Denver. And so I grabbed my rear view mirror and I looked into my own eyes and I said, it's going to be okay. We're going to be moving again in a minute. I've got you. You're going to be okay. You're not alone. You know, kind of looking back at my own self grounded me, put me back in my body, soothed me. I used to do that when I was a teenager and I'd be out driving somewhere in Montana and, you know, maybe something, some ice would hit or (laughs) excuse me. Something would happen, and I would feel that sense of panic. I would look, grab the mirror, look in my own eyes, and that seemed to calm me down back then. So I did that in Denver, and it worked. And soon enough, we started driving again, and I came back into my body and proceeded on my trip. But I couldn't help but be frustrated with myself for freaking out again. This had happened a few times over a month and I couldn't help but wonder what in the hell was going on with me, you know? I thought this was something I'd put behind me. I thought this was something I'd worked past. And so when I got home, I was finally able to sit in my meditation chair. I closed my eyes and put my hand over my heart. And I asked the guides, what is going on with these feelings of getting trapped and feeling panicky? And my guide said, the older you get, the more frequently you have died in the past, especially over the age of 40. So you can imagine, right? Like there's times where humans lived a long time and there are times where humans, what are the stories? They barely made it into their thirties. I, you know, i you know, I'm from the frontier land. So I was raised with stories where, uh, you know, frontier people barely made it to like twenty or whatever, right? There's all these horror stories about people dying young. And that was just common. So um you can imagine that the more the older you are as a soul, the more times you've had a life. In every single one of those lives you died somehow. But you died. Whether that was from an illness or tragically. Or from poison, that's a whole other, you know, conversation. But there are all these different ways, but you did die. Somehow you died, whether it was weather or animal or family member. (laughs) Um, So those memories of all the lives that you've had are right there in your cell memory. And you can imagine that um, the more, you know, after age 40, the chances, the experiences of you having passed away, are a hundred percent, you know, and, um, uh, and they probably start even younger than that. But for me, it really escalated when I turned 40. And the reason why is an an average in my cell memory deaths really started to escalate over the age of 40 for me. And with the creation of travel and access to better nutrition and medicine, life-saving medical procedures, let's face it, more opportunity for interesting lives, right? Human beings are living much longer than we used to. Um, so therefore, we we have younger deaths in our cell memory. So I must have had a ton of trauma in my cell memory around age four. You know, the big ones are like getting trapped, somehow getting trapped and possibly dying, but maybe just the trauma of being trapped. Um not being able to reunite with my family. That's a big one. Um, I have in my recent last past life, I was a Polish Jew and I did die in the Holocaust. And you know, like if I'm sure you're, some of you are wondering, how do you know? Right? So it's like my guides told me that and I dismissed it. And I I had this really irrational fear of my daughter being taken away from me between the ages of like one and two. I was irrationally afraid of somebody taking her from me and something, uh, well, to be frank, of her dying. Somebody takes her away from me and she dies. And so this was kind of just after I was having those feelings all the time. My guides told me that that's where it comes from. It It came from my last life where we were taken, she was taken away from me, and we were both killed. Um, And I kind of just went, you know, whatever, kind of just journaled it and put it to the side. But over the course of like a year, three separate colleagues told me, did you know you're a Polish Jew and you died in the Holocaust? (laughs) So, you know, when people come out of the woodworks to tell you something your guides told you, you got to pay attention. And there was another sweet um, story I think I told you guys a story about my, my grandfather-in-law who was, you know, a World War II American vet and, um, pulled me into his room one Thanksgiving and tried to show me all these maps. And this is before I had that information. Um, but you know, looking back, I understand that he was desperate for me to know he was coming to save us, you know, the Jewish people of Europe. And so um, that would, that made, that made this cell memory conversation very, very real for me because like I said, when I became a mother, I had this r- irrational terror of somebody taking her from me and her passing away. And here it was my literal daughter today. So, um, I have terrible fear of losing control after passing out. So obviously in lots of my past lives, I pass out rather easy in this life. And so I kind of will do everything to make sure I don't pass out whenever I have to have like a medical procedure. I'm the one that makes just a big deal about um if it's going to hurt, I might not do it because if I do it, I'll pass out and if I pass out something bad's going to happen. So that's where that comes from. That comes from cell memory of my past lives. And yours too probably. Another one is feeling stuck and helpless. So you can just imagine in the history of our earth, how many human beings feel, um, terror at the thought of being stuck and helpless. That's, I think a very humane thing to feel. And some situations were worse than others. You know, if you were helpless, maybe your family died. If you were helpless, maybe you were falsely imprisoned. Um, you are stuck, maybe starved to death during a journey or a traveling. We've all had that experience if we've been on the earth dimension very much at all. So uh, another one is having no one there to help me, you know, or help you. So a deep seated panicky feeling is that if something bad goes, if something goes wrong, there's nobody there to help you. And that can lead to soul, you know, paralysis and, you know, terror of making decisions and saying yes to anything like going on a trip or going to the show or, you know, cause we get stranded there or what have you. So all these like irrational thoughts that a lot of sensitives have, this comes from your cell memory, which, you know, again, we're talking about escalates the older you get because the chance of you dying at that age and older is very, very high. So once I realized that it's not a prediction, but rather a cell memory issue. I knew how to process the fears and how to handle the way I dialogued with my mind and my soul to prevent it from happening again. Right. So we have to acknowledge that yes, in that life it happened, and that does not mean it's going to happen in this life. <laughs> right. Like that. That was that life, and this is this life, and the chances that your destiny ends at the same exact way are maybe 1% if that. Okay. This is a whole new story. This is a whole new chapter. This is a continuance for sure. And if you learned the lesson from the last life, why on earth would you have to do it again? You wouldn't. So you, you know, you talk to your soul that was then this is now I am safe. I am supported. You know, you, if you don't believe that based off of this life's past history, I understand you. I'm right there with you. Neither did I. Um, So this is where mantras come in. This is where belief work comes in. Um, So it might not be what you have experienced so far in this life, but you deserve it. So you must go towards it and start to create new belief systems and patterns around, again, that if you pass out, you're okay. There's people there to take care of you. If you get lost, you will be found. You will find your way. If you are stuck or helpless, you will find the tools to get yourself through any situation. And that there is always somebody there that sees you, that knows you, that will be there for you. And i I, I saying it again. You might have to work on your belief system if that has not been your experience so far. All right, let's talk about a few things that you can do when and if the cell memory kicks up for you. So the first thing I would recommend is anything and everything Ainsley McLeod. So his website is com. Um, his incredible past life book is called the instruction. Um, I believe his second book is the transformation. And then he just came out with a third book, like the old soul handbook, something like that. So as I've said before, I've, I had a kind of a bad attitude about past life stuff because I thought, Oh my God, this life's been a handful for me anyway. So, Why the hell would I want to worry about past life stuff? And these are the moments. These are the things that his work can really shine some light on for you. If you have a phobia or a fear or an irrational terror of, you know, turtlenecks, (laughs) as many of us do, um, his work can help you get to that story so you can let it go. Um, The second thing that you can do is sit quietly and put your hand over your heart and ask yourself questions like, what are you remembering? What are you afraid of? Why are you feeling this way? And obviously this is a moment to be brave and you can handle what you see and you feel. All right. You are not so weak as to not be able to handle what your own soul is trying to remember and show you. You can handle it. So whether you have to just journal it, you know, and maybe journal it like you are taking notes from a friend's story. You don't really have to know every detail of whatever horror you've been through, but um, just listen. You know, I've got friends that I'll tell awful stories to because I've had a lot of awful things happen to me. And they, they don't, they don't try to take in every detail. They're witnessing they're listening, but they're not taking it in. And so I would encourage you maybe to just listen instead of taking it in at first, because you might not have to take it that far. So again, just be prepared to listen to whatever, and and don't judge it, you know, whatever comes up, it comes up. And you don't have to have this, like, give it such a grand, um, you know, I don't know what I'm trying to say, but it's like, Okay, so maybe you were hung and, you know, you were important or whatever, like those details, like, so what if you were important in that past life, you don't have to, um, you don't have to get caught up in the details of who you were. And if you were special in that life, cool, like, but it doesn't necessarily matter today. So the third thing that you could do that would be helpful is to just talk to yourself. Again, just reassure yourself that no matter what is going on, you're going to be and you are okay. You know, like, um, it's kind of like treat your mom, yourself as the best mother you can. Um, even if some of us didn't have great mothers, you can just, I am a great mother. So, uh, I'll offer you what I do. You know, if my kids start freaking out or they get scared, I'm the mom. I, I am the wise one. I'm the older one. And 99.9% of the time when they're afraid or it's just something new, it's my job to look them in the eye and let them know this is okay. This is normal. And in the context of life, you're, this is actually super okay. (laughs) So, um, be like that with yourself, you know, be the mother. If you were mothered, remember your mother. If you were not very well mothered, this is a great time. This is under, under wonderful circumstances. I don't care if you're male or female. This is a wonderful time to, to mother yourself, to take that cell memory or that fear or that irrational like phobia or something and be very steady and firm, but gentle and understanding with yourself as you explore these past life um, cell memory issues. Another thing you can just do is book a fricking appointment with a doctor. I mean, if you're having like some weird throat things, it could be a thyroid thing, right? So like not all, not all sensations are spiritual. So we have to be mature and decipher the difference between the two. Not all sensations are just spiritual. So, um, I, I have a good friend that is always having heart issues. She's always feeling a lot of pressure in her heart. And that's how she kind of interprets a lot of energy. And so this last time when she called, the guides did say she isn't she is being encouraged to have her heart checked with a doctor because it can either help confirm that she's perfectly fine. And so she gets that confirmation from a doctor. Everything in the heart looks good. And she can know, okay, this is energetic. This is spiritual and she can be more way less fearful around it because she knows, all right, I'm not actually having a physical issue. Now, on the other side of that, maybe she is right. And so the care, the specific place to go for heart issues, if there is one is a doctor and they can confirm it either way. And so it can bring clarity either way. Um, So I absolutely encourage if there's something funny going on in the body Absolutely um, go to the doctor for validation to either let it go and know it's a spiritual issue or it's a physical issue. And you must go to the doctor to get treatment on that. Right. You guys get what I'm saying. There's a difference. And sometimes the panic escalates when you do think it is a physical issue. You're not sure. And then you keep putting that off. So I just encourage you to stop putting it off and go to the doctor so you can have some peace of mind and reduce the anxiety in general, right? So another thing you can do, (laughs) excuse me, that can really help is just book a session with a skilled therapist. If you feel like it's an emotional issue. So um, people fight me on this and had I not found a therapist that I can literally tell her anything I see psychically as a medium. um, She has wonderful boundaries with me where she doesn't, she's curious about it because she doesn't see the world through my lens, but she's very respectful. And if I have to tell her about something I personally experience as a medium, she's very compassionate towards me. So you are a sensitive, right? You are a sensitive and chances of you listening to this podcast that you're psychic medium so you are and so if you can interview therapists it would be a conversation like you know can can you handle this conversation would is this something you would discount i mean whatever the days of us being like i hear voices so i can't tell anybody because they're going to put me in an in, in, in in an institution they just have to be gone. Okay. We all have to move past that. Um, We have lawyers, we have laws these days. We have a lot of ways that we can protect ourselves so we can be ourselves. And it is our job to help educate people that don't believe because they don't experience. And as I've used the analogy, um, I'm not experienced in having a private jet to fly to London, today. That doesn't mean other people aren't doing it as we speak. Well, maybe not as we speak because the whole world is in quarantine, but you understand my point. So therapists are no different. Okay. Don't be afraid of them. If you have some emotional issues around your intuition, your sensitivity, your cell memory, interview some therapists or counselors that can handle a conversation with you about you being you. And I'm not saying my therapist can help me like with specific things that I experience as a medium. Um, but she can help me have some emotional tools around how to cope, how to process, how to integrate things that I might feel like, well, I'm just alone or weird. So it's hopeless, right? Where she can be like, no, a lot of people feel that way. Or, you know, she helps me for the most part, what she's done is reminding me I'm, I'm actually just, I'm not the only one for sure. And that's something important for sensitives to be reminded of because you feel so alone, so weird, so isolated. Um, so, you know, we, we have a lot of self-protection behaviors. So I I just want to give you some hope and encourage you that if there is some emotionality around cell memory type things, um, loss, grief, whatever, um, do seek out you know, therapeutic and counseling options and just interview them. Can they handle this conversation? If they can't, okay, next person. And finally, my favorite, (laughs) my favorite, favorite thing for you to do is to find and hire a very skilled psychic medium. If you feel like you can't get past the, um, life memory stuff on your own. So, um, I can get my past life stuff. I can process that stuff. I can ask my guides. I can, sometimes it just downloads as I'm sitting here, but you know, um, I've told you, I recently had like an infection in my jaw and there were some things professionally that I couldn't really get clear on. And so I'm going through this infection on my jaw a couple months ago and, I had a session with Ainsley McLeod because I felt like there was some past life stuff blocking my clarity with some professional things that I was doing. So I thought that our session would be about that. And (laughs) of course, his guides, my guides, the session was mainly about my jaw and the infection and how it was sort of playing out this past life um, experience, this past life belief system, this past life, um, you know, maybe how an infection took me out in a few past lives before. And so I I left that conversation with him sort of shocked and humbled, because I feel like I can get that information on my own now. And here, they all made sure that I had somebody else looking deeply at me, in maybe ways that i was thinking i was okay but obviously there was some more work for my soul to do around this issue. And so that's why i love you know uh, us hiring either colleagues, you know, in the healing profession, in the psychic medium profession or um you know hiring somebody that specifically works with past life trauma. so i've had several sessions with him um over my life, maybe over the last 10 years i've had three to four and they're always fascinating and they're always relative and of course the first one changed my life because um in his first book the instruction there's like all these like soul types and levels and things like that and so typical to old souls you read his um quiz or his you know however he um gets an analysis for how, what your soul age is. And <laughs> everyone I talk to, everyone that's done it and everyone that we, I've had this conversation with, we all think we're like level five or six. <laughs> so my first one, you know, you kind of go into a session with him thinking not so highly of yourself. And then here he tells you, you know, you're like a level 10 soul and you're very, very ancient and you're an old soul. And, how that plays out in your life. So um the point is is that the first session with him can really change your life. It can really validate some things that you've not touched on in your life or that you've doubted in many ways. So just getting clear about what your soul's age with Ainsley McLeod's work specifically could just move mountains for you. But then the follow-ups can be just as fascinating. Like I said, I thought I maybe had some blocks professionally because he talks about that stuff too. And here, most of the session was really focused on my jaw and why that infection was here, what it symbolized, what it represented, and in more ways that I could heal it and move past it. So there are many wonderful things that you can do to get through and past some of the irrational fears and sensations of cell memory. Do something right? I mean, you are worth the time and the effort it takes to address the whispers that your soul is trying to get you to pay attention. Sometimes not so whispery, right? (laughs) Sometimes it's loud and clear, but there are many beautiful souls here on earth, right here with you, with us that are, they're waiting to help you on this life's journey. I'm sorry. I just totally hit my microphone and it made a funny sound. Sorry about that. I'm, I must have some sort of an an Italian soul because I definitely talk with my hands. (laughs) You guys will probably hear me hit that a few times, but that one was a really loud one. Sorry about that. Anyway, my point is that there's, there are literally people waiting on earth to help you. There are, there are professionals are psychic mediums like my, my, myself that is My life's work is here to help you and my life's work is I am focused on you, the other sensitives. I care that you're okay. I care that you know who you are, right? Ainsley McLeod's work is a a bit more specific where he goes over like soul type, soul age, um, themes I think is another one of his and (laughs) excuse me. So just remember you didn't come here alone. So don't hesitate to reach out for others for help. And I know I've certainly reached out for help over the course of my life and was sort of got myself into maybe more trouble. (laughs) There are plenty of eccentric people out there and there are plenty of people that capitalize on your vulnerability or you're asking them for help. But what we do to mature through that is to, we either can see what they're doing and we don't participate. Um, so like during my, one of the things I had to learn during my jaw infection was that I had traveling nurses, which was super weird. So at one point I had to have this midline put in my arm, which means I had a, um, my husband, thank God he did it, but they had to put this tube in my vein, in my arm. I had a, it was in my vein, you know, all day, all night, a hundred percent of the time for like 30 days. And then I'd have to give myself, thank God, as I said, my husband did, but he gave me this this little bag of medicine that we hooked up to this like Ivy thing in my midline. Okay. So every, th- I was scared, but all the helpers turned out to be lovely. The traveling nurses turned out to be lovely, both male, and female. They were just incredible. And <laughs> like during my last week, the nurse decided to put a different bandage, a bandage on my midline and my skin just totally erupted. Um, I had a total allergic reaction to the bandage. So I was like, get this thing out of my arm or I'm going to scratch it out anyway. So the regular nurses, traveling nurses were not available. So they had like, this other gal will come and help you. And the minute she came into my house, I was like, there's no way this woman is touching me. And sure enough, she was like, go lay down, you know, like do all, (laughs) I'm not kidding. Go, go, all do these, go do all these weird things. Nobody had ever asked me to do before. And she was like, oh, I'd never seen anything like this before. And on and on. So what I'm saying is she, everything she was saying was confirming my feeling like you're not touching me. So, um, (laughs) excuse me. I finally said, I'm sorry, this I just can't go through with this today. Like, thank you for coming out. And um, you can leave now. <laughs> so I don't really have a personality to be that type of have that blunt, right? I used to I like, I would have before sat there and suffered hating her touching me and did whatever she wanted me to, because I didn't feel like I had the right to say no no, no, no. I deserve better help than that. So it was really that moment where I was called to advocate for myself, whether it's my personality or not, that moment required me to say, no, I'm sorry. And I I try to do it as soft hearted and as funny as I could, but there's no way I was going to let her touch me. And yeah, she was confused and she kind of was like, oh, you know, I I can do it. And I'm I'll be okay. And I'm like, no, we're done. Thank you. (laughs) You know, it ended on a happy note. Fine. And I just went to the hospital to have the procedure done and it turned out super good anyway. But my point is, is that you deserve to have the best care. So if you hire a psychic medium and they're creepy and weird, don't go there again. Just keep searching. (laughs) I'm sorry. I have a little cough today, don't I? Sorry about that just keep searching until you find a person worthy of working with you. Okay. Worthy of being in your presence. Right. So just, let's just recap as we wrap up this podcast, cell memory can be um, weird phobias as extreme as wishing you didn't have a leg, wishing you were blind, um, super odd stuff like that. But that comes back to that when you had lost your leg or when you were blind, that lifetime happened to be very happy. And so if this lifetime, this specific one is not very happy, your soul is, you know, going deep into its recesses and remembering a time where it's happy and it's saying, oh, I was happy when I was blind or I was happy without a leg or, um, so that's what it's doing. And that's subconscious. It's not going to like have an actual conversation with you, with your brain about that. But that is what's happening there. But phobia is like, you know, as we've talked about, can't wear necklaces, can't wear turtlenecks, um, love, um, scarves but have a really hard time wearing them Um, tight clothing can kind of make people go a little bit crazy for all kinds of reasons um irrational fear of crowds right or irrational hatred of being looked at (laughs) i've actually seen people and I, i guess i can feel this way too depending on what's going on um where you feel like if they're looking at you they're accusing you of something so irrational type behavior like that can be not always but it can be cell memory issues um big fear of crowds like maybe when you were hung a crowd came out to watch like gross right so you can see how maybe one soul didn't have a lot of that i can't imagine you're hanging out with a soul that's had none of that but let's just say out of 10 lives, they were only hung like that twice where maybe out of 10 lives, maybe let's just say for you, maybe out of 30 lives, you were hung 15, 20 times. So you can see how you both would have a very (laughs) incredibly different sensation of crowds. It could symbolize death to you. And that's a pretty big deal. How do you deal with it? You know, we went over that, but again, um, knowledge of maybe what you've gone through. So uh, maybe having a practice of past life research or just being aware, like I still can't, I can wear necklaces. I must wear turtlenecks when I'm running out in the snow. Um, I do love scarves sometimes. So it's not like find these things out so you can stay a victim of them forever, but it's rather, I want to wear what I want to wear. And I don't want to be paralyzed by some past life crap. And so I will get the past life so I can do what I want to do in this life, man. I do want to be out in crowds. I do want to take my kids to events. I want to be like normal in that respect. I don't want to be a slave to past life fears and traumas anymore. And so we gather information to heal and move past it not we gather information so that we can remain a victim and tell the world how sad we are because we were hung once, (laughs) right? We're letting those go, letting it go, letting it go so that we can be very alive and very present and fearless in this specific life. Don't let that cell memory control the rest of your life. The past is in the past. Today is in a new dawn and this is a new life for your beautiful soul. Well, that's it for this week's podcast. And as always, if you're curious about which is the strongest Claire in you, go to my website at katesaintclair.com and take my quiz, Which Claire Are You?, and be sure to share that with me on Facebook or Instagram or find me on Twitter. Anyway, I, I have a few of you have finally let me know what you got. And it seems like a lot of us get the clairsentient. So the clear feeling. And then um, the second one seems to be most common is the clear, um, audience, which I'm a big fan of because I'm an ex- extremely clear audience too. So that those are the two most common ones I'm seeing so far. Be sure to subscribe to this podcast. And if you can, leave me a lovely review um, and let me know what you think of the podcast. Let me know how it's affected your life and the feelings that it brings up for you. And quite frankly, leave a, a review so that other intuitives, other sensitives, other psychic mediums can know that this is the place to be for them as well. These are the stories that they they need to hear. Um, This is the reassurance that they need to um, hear as well. And your review will help do that for them, okay? Um, So anyway, I'll see you next week. Uh, Next week's podcast is called Did John Oliver Offend You? if he did, you're not alone, right? So this is an article that I wrote a few, probably a few months ago at this time, but man, he did this uh, segment on psychics and it upset a lot of you. So, and it certainly did me too. So anyway, I I want to talk about that article. I want to talk about the misunderstandings of sensitives and the lies and the myths and everything in between. <laughs> so Anyway, I'll see you next week. And in the meantime, remember, it's your birthright to be guided and be great.